0: To the Indian Creek Baptist Church podcast. Thank you for joining us today. If you have any questions, please feel free to contact us. Our website is www.indiancreekbaptistchurch.org or our email address is info at Church.org. It is our sincere hope that through this podcast, God will speak to your heart and touch your life so that you may grow closer to him. As we continue our series, we're going to start to look at the book of Daniel. And we are looking at people that God has given us in the Bible as examples to give us lessons on how to walk with God or how not to walk with God. As we uh, looked at the book of Jonah, many of the lessons were uh, Jonah's failures to walk with God and to obey him. As we looked at the book of Ruth, of course, Ruth, who was a Moabitess, was not even supposed to be Uh, involved with the people of God but God blessed and brought her into uh, the family of God and then the book of Esther and we saw Esther and Mordecai uh, who did everything they could to hide the fact that they were Jews until the fact that all of the Jews were under persecution and ready to be executed and then they finally drew a line in the sand and began to serve the Lord Uh, The difference between the book of Esther and the book of Daniel, of course, is in the book of Esther, God is not mentioned uh, by name in the book of Esther. He's only briefly alluded to in the fact that the children of Israel fast, and that fasting always included a time of prayer to God. And that's really the only glimpse of God other than seeing the overarching theme of God's providing hand through all of this. The difference with the book of Daniel is from the very beginning, we understand that God is very much involved in the book of Daniel Uh, So as we start Daniel chapter 1, we also need to understand that it's Daniel and Daniel's uh, character and Daniel's walk with God that paved the way for men like Ezra, men like Nehemiah, and even Esther as she was becoming queen of uh, this group, uh, of this empire. It's men like Daniel, uh, and Daniel very specifically, who paved the way and allowed the kings that ruled at this time, that were that had Israel as captives, to see the one true God. And God used those Gentile kings to rebuild the temple, to re- rebuild the walls of Jerusalem and Nehemiah, and then to save his people in the book of Esther. So, Daniel chapter 1 is where we're going to start. And the Bible says in Daniel chapter 1 and verse number 1, In the third year of the reign of Jehoiakim, king of Judah, came Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon, unto Jerusalem, and besieged it. And the Lord gave Jehoiakim Jehoiakim, king of Judah into his hand with part of the vessels of the house of God which he carried into the land of Shinar to the house of his God. And he brought the vessels into the treasure house of his God and the king spake unto Ashpenaz, excuse me, the master of his eunuchs that he should bring certain of the children of Israel and of the king's seed and of the princes children in whom was no blemish but well favored and skillful in all wisdom and cunning in knowledge and understanding science, and such as had ability in them to stand in the king's palace, and whom they might teach the learning and the tongue of the Chaldeans. And the king appointed them a daily provision of the king's meat and of the wine which he drank, so nourishing them three years, that at the end thereof they might stand before the king. Now among these were of the children of Judah, Daniel, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah, unto whom the prince of the eunuchs gave names, for he gave unto Daniel the name of Belteshazzar, and to Hananiah of Shadrach, and to Mishael of Meshach, and to Azariah of Abednego. But Daniel purposed in his heart that he would not defile himself with the portion of the king's meat, nor with the portion. Sorry, nor with the wine which he drank. Therefore he requested of the prince of the eunuchs that he might not defile himself. Now God had brought Daniel into favor and tender love with the prince of the eunuchs. And the prince of the eunuchs said unto Daniel, I fear my lord the king, who hath appointed your meat and your drink. For why should he see your faces worse liking than the children which are of your sort? Then shall you make me endanger my head to the king. Then Daniel said to Melzar, whom the prince of the eunuchs had set over Daniel, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah, Prove thy servants, I beseech thee, ten days, and let them give us pulse to eat and water to drink. And let our countenances be looked upon before thee, and the countenance of the children that eat of the portion of the king's meat, and as thou seest, deal with thy servants. Let's pray. Father God, again, we love you. And we thank you so much for leaving your word for us. Lord, a more sure word of prophecy. It's not just stories passed on from generation to generation. Lord, it is your pure, preserved, holy word, your instructions for us to walk with you so God please as we study today as we look at the life of Daniel please help us to understand help us to understand how to worship you how to walk with you and how to serve you so that we may see the blessings that Daniel saw Lord he saw a nation changed he saw a kingdom changed he saw the world changed and Lord I pray and I believe that you can do that here that we can see Maxwell saved for you. We can see Story County, the state of Iowa, the United States, and the world changed for you. It starts with just one. So God, please work in us today. We love you and we thank you. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Now, As I said last week, we, were, we finished up the book of Esther. And we saw God do an amazing work. God took uh, Haman's hate for the Jews... And he turned it against those that would seek to harm the Jews. What started as weeping turned to rejoicing. Now, as we look at Daniel, we're going to look at what uh, the beginnings of all of this. We're going to look at how uh, Jehoiakim and, and his brothers and those in Israel had served and did evil in the sight of the Lord. And why Nebuchadnezzar was brought in to besiege Israel and how all of this came to be that at one point Esther, a Jew, would become queen over this mighty kingdom. But also we're going to do a lot of comparing. We started a little bit with the book of Esther comparing Mordecai to Daniel, and we're going to go back and do that a little bit more as we look at Daniel's life, because we see a very stark contrast in the way that Mordecai and Daniel handled themselves. We understand that in the book of Esther, Mordecai was taken captive at the same time that Daniel was taken captive. They were both taken captive when Nebuchadnezzar came in. They both lived through all of the things that happened in the book of Daniel. They saw the, uh, the idol raised that the children of Israel were to bow down to. They, I'm sure they knew about Daniel being thrown into the den of lions. They lived through all of these wicked kings that God still used to go back and send men to rebuild Jerusalem, to rebuild the temple. But Mordecai and Daniel handled themselves very differently. Mordecai hid the fact that he was a Jew. And then when it did come time for him to draw his line in the sand, he drew his line in the sand and did it in such a way that it offended all those around him and put his entire nation in jeopardy. Daniel, on the other hand, as we're going to see, as we've, we've already looked at a little bit this morning, we've read in our text, Daniel's going to draw that line in the sand immediately. He's going to make it known from the very beginning. And we're going to see a very different reaction of all of the kingdom. But I want to start back in 2 Kings chapter 23, because as the book of Daniel starts, it brings in another name. In the third year of the reign of Jehoiakim, king of Judah, came Nebuchadnezzar. So let's go back to 2 Kings chapter 23, and we're going to take a brief look at Jehoiakim and see just who he was. 2 Kings chapter 23. we're going to start in verse number 28. 2 Kings chapter 23 and verse number 28. The Bible says, Now the rest of the acts of Josiah and all that he did, are they not written in the book of the chronicles of the kings of Judah? I know that Josiah is not Jehoiakim. But Josiah is the youngest king of Judah. He began to reign reign over Judah when he was eight years old. And Josiah is known for doing what was right in the sight of the Lord. If you go back through chapter 23 and into chapter 22, you see all these great things that Josiah had done, all the things that he had removed, the idols and the, the sodomites, everything that he had removed from the kingdom of Judah in order to serve God. But then we continue in verse number 29, it says, In his days Pharaoh Necho, king of Egypt, went up against the king of Assyria to the river Euphrates, and king Josiah went up against him, and he slew him at Megiddo when he had seen him. And his servants carried him in a chariot dead from Megiddo and brought him to Jerusalem and buried him in his own sepulcher. And the people of the land took Jehoahaz, the son of Josiah, and anointed him and made him king in his father's stead." Jehoahaz was twenty and three years old when he began to reign, and he reigned three months in Jerusalem, and his mother's name was Hamudal, the daughter of Jeremiah of Libna. Verse number 32, and he did that which was evil in the sight of the Lord, according to all that his fathers had done. And Pharaoh Necho put him in bands at Riblah, in the land of Hamath, that he might not reign in Jerusalem. And put the land to a tribute of an hundred talents of silver and a talent of gold. And Pharaoh Necho made Eliakim the son of Josiah king in the room of Josiah his father. And turned his name to Jehoiakim. And took Jehoahaz away and he came to Egypt and died there. And Jehoiakim gave the silver and the gold to Pharaoh but he taxed the land to give the money according to the commandment of Pharaoh. He exacted the silver and the gold of the people of the land of every one according to his taxation to give it unto Pharaoh Necho. Jehoiakim was twenty and five years old when he began to reign, and he reigned eleven years in Jerusalem. And his mother's name was Zebudah, the daughter of Hadiah of Rumah. And he did that which was evil in the sight of the Lord, according to all that his fathers had done. You continue down in chapter number 24, it says, In his days, Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon, came up and Jehoiakim became his servant three years. And it continues on and Jehoiakim rebels against Nebuchadnezzar and Jehoiakim is removed and Jehoiakim, his brother, is brought in. And over and over again, these men did evil again in the sight of the Lord. It's very reminiscent of us from the book of Judges. We've been going through the book of Judges in Sunday school and Before every judge, we see that Israel does evil in the sight of the Lord. They go and they turn against the Lord and turn to the the gods of the land. This is no different. But at this point, God has had enough. It's not that he's come to a point where he's had enough. He knew that all of this was going to happen. But he also knows that from this point on, it's going to be very rare for the children of Israel to follow God. That there are only going to be a few, a remnant, that will follow him rather than the whole. That never again is the entire nation going to be turned back as it was in the book of Judges, as it was in the time of David, as it was in the time of even Josiah. We know that Josiah was a great king. He followed God. The nation followed God because of Josiah. So where's the disconnect that his son would do evil in the sight of the Lord? I really don't know. And that's not what we want to get into completely here today. But now we, need, we understand the time frame and the existence. Why Nebuchadnezzar has come in and taken Jerusalem. Now let's take a look and see why Daniel is brought into this story. As we look back in Daniel chapter 1. In verse number 3. It says and the king spake unto Ashpenaz, the master of his eunuchs, that he should bring certain of the children of Israel, and of the king's seed and of the princes. The king Nebuchadnezzar made a decree that certain, not all, of the royalty, the kings, the king's seed, the princes, they had to meet a certain requirement, would be brought in before him. That requirement continues in verse number four: children in whom was no blemish, but well favored skillful in all wisdom, wisdom and cunning in knowledge, understanding science, and such as had ability in them to stand in the king's palace and whom they might teach the learning in the tongue of the Chaldeans. There were some very specific things that this king Nebuchadnezzar was looking for. He was looking for the best of the best. He was looking for those that would be able to stand And be a blessing in the kingdom rather than be a curse. When we continue on in in Daniel chapter 1, we understand that God left... Or that Nebuchadnezzar left a remnant in Jerusalem. But those were the ones that really couldn't do anything. Which makes me think... As we look back at Mordecai and we compare Mordecai and Daniel... It makes me wonder why Mordecai ended up where he was. Because it was not new for the king to want to bring in the Jews. You see, Nebuchadnezzar had some respect for the God of heaven even before he knew the God of heaven. Nebuchadnezzar understood that not all Jews were dumb and not all Jews were worthless That there were people in them that could help him. And he sought them out. Nebuchadnezzar conquers. And Daniel fits this list of requirements. Not just Daniel, but Daniel and his three friends. Daniel and Hananiah, Mishael and Azariah were all taken in because they were seen to have met all of the qualifications. They were seen there was something different about them than about all the rest. And as any good king does, those that he wants to continue to serve him, those that he wants to continue to grow and be a blessing in his kingdom, he decides he's going to feed them. And this is where we're going to see Daniel and his three friends really begin to set themselves apart. As the king gives them a portion of meat, he gives them a portion of wine to feed them. This is not just prison food. This is the good stuff. This is food that you and I would love to enjoy. That would nourish us, that would strengthen us. This isn't the bread and water of affliction that most prisoners would get. The king takes out of his own to give to them, to raise them, to to nourish them, to grow them. But I want you to see something very important that I skipped over. I didn't skip it over on purpose. I just got lost in where I was. Daniel chapter 1 and verse number 2. The Bible says, And the Lord... Gave Jehoiakim king of Judah into his hand. The very first mention of God in the book of Daniel. Is through his name Lord. The Lord of Lords. The king of kings. And the fact that he gave Israel into Nebuchadnezzar's hand. We're going to see this theme throughout the book of Daniel. Understanding that God allowed this to happen. We looked this morning at samson in the book of judges in our sunday school lesson and we understand that samson is being raised up by god as a judge that he is supposed to be a Nazarite, separated unto god but we understand samson's personality is not that which would be considered a godly man but god knew all of that in the beginning and god is allowing samson to continue not because it's exactly what needs to be done but it's because what's it's what, what's available here God would love nothing more than for Israel to turn to him and serve him completely but knowing that they won't knowing the beginning from the end God is allowing Nebuchadnezzar to come in and teach them to come in and punish them to chasten them This is, while those involved at the time wouldn't understand, this is the best course, the most loving course that God could do for Israel. But getting back to Daniel, we understand that these men, Daniel and his three friends were taken into captivity there, being fed the portion of the king's meat with the goal of them being raised up to serve in the kingdom. But Daniel from the very beginning in verse number 8 Daniel purposed in his heart that he would not defile himself with a portion of the king's meat nor with the wine with which he drank. Therefore he requested of the prince of the eunuchs that he might not defile himself. From the very beginning we're going to see Daniel draw that line in the sand. Again as we looked at the book of Esther we saw a lot happen before Mordecai finally stood and said, no, I am not doing this. Haman was raised up and Haman the uh, Agagite was raised up. and The command was given that they should bow down to him. And that was when Mordecai, it was the straw that broke the camel's back. And Mordecai said, no, I will not bow down to him. I am a Jew. This is against what I believe. Here, Daniel from the very beginning says... I serve God. I will not defile myself with the king's meat, not because again it's not that it's not good food, but I truly believe here that Daniel could not guarantee that that meat was not sacrificed to an idol. He wanted to remain clean to serve God. And unlike Mordecai who just said no, And completely disobeyed a command from the king and got his entire nation put on the chopping block. Daniel said no and then he went to the one that could solve the problem and requested. That word request is a very important word. Daniel requested of the prince of the eunuchs that he might not defile himself. We see again in verse number 9. Now God had brought Daniel into favor and tender love with the prince of the eunuchs. God had already begun to work and had already created a relationship through Daniel with the prince of the eunuchs. But we see that Daniel's care along with it being, when being concerned about himself and about his three friends is also full of compassion and care. For the prince of the eunuchs. Because as it continues on. And the prince of the eunuchs said unto Daniel. I fear my lord the king who hath appointed your meat and your drink. For why should he see your faces worse liking than the children which are of your sort. Then shall you make me endanger my head to the king. And then Daniel said to Melzar. Prove thy servants. Daniel is not just concerned about himself, he is concerned about making sure that even the prince of the eunuchs, the one that is in charge over him, is cared for. He wants to make sure that while he doesn't defile himself, he is still doing it in a way that is respectful and honoring to the king and to those that are in charge of him. So he allowed a test. He put his own life on the line to prove his point. Mordecai put the entire nation of Israel on the line. I wonder how different things would have been had Mordecai treated Haman with respect and still made the request that he not have to bow to him. I wonder how much different... If It would have been if he had gone to Esther and gone to the queen and said, From the very beginning, we are Jews. We believe that our God does not want us to bow down to any idols or anyone besides him. What can we do to make this happen? I don't think for a second that Daniel is dealing with any less cruel or hateful men than Haman. I mean, in not too long, we're going to see the king Nebuchadnezzar throw three men into a furnace because they wouldn't bow to an idol. We're going to see him sacrifice his greatest warriors to throw those men into the furnace. Nebuchadnezzar was a cruel man, just as Ahasuerus was, just as Haman was. But Daniel was the difference. Daniel says, prove me. Prove us. Give us ten days. So Melzar takes away the portion of the king's meat, feeds them with pulse and water. At the end of those ten days, they're judged. And God has blessed. God has made them fairer and fatter. He has... He has nourished them more through that pulse and water than all of the others that had taken of the king's meat. Understand here that at the end of these ten days, Daniel was willing to submit to whatever the outcome was. If he failed, he was going to take the meat. If he succeeded, he was going to take the pulse and water and he was going to continue to serve. He was okay with whatever the outcome was. He prayed and he hoped and he believed that he was right. But I also want you to understand here that nowhere is it recorded that from this time on, as Daniel and his three friends are served pulse and water for the rest of their stay, nowhere is it mentioned that Daniel Looked down upon his fellow Israelites that were in the same boat that still took the portion of the king's meat. This choice was for Daniel and his friends and them only. He didn't require it for everybody else, he didn't force them to abide by what he believed. He simply believed and was an example. No one else was put in danger. And we're going to see that Daniel is very soon going to be raised up. God is going to continue to bless. God is going to continue to prove himself through Daniel to the point where even Nebuchadnezzar gets saved. Nebuchadnezzar comes to know the Lord, the God of Daniel. Cyrus comes to know the Lord, the God of Daniel. Darius comes to know the Lord, the God of Daniel. Every king that Daniel served under comes to know his God. We saw in the book of Esther that Ahasuerus does know who God is but every time it's mentioned sorry it's never he's never mentioned god is never mentioned but here over and over again these kings acknowledge who god is they acknowledge that god is ruler that god granted them the kingdom The last thing I want you to understand in all of this is for Daniel to be able to live through all of this. He was a young man. Daniel, in chapter 1, in verse number 4, it says specifically, children in whom was no blemish. Children are easily moldable. There's a reason that uh, right now um, we know quite a few, uh, or used to, uh, know quite a few Korean children um, in Marshalltown through fellowship. They are taking English as a second language in school. Learning English and speaking it quite well. There's a reason their parents are not. Most of their parents are not. It's because it's really hard. Once you're set in your ways, it's hard to, to change, to understand i've tried many times to learn spanish i've tried i I was for some reason thought that i should try to learn mandarin Uh, when i was on the fire department in southern iowa we had a, a japanese population and i thought well i should learn or chinese population i thought i should learn mandarin so that i can interact with them and not have to call an interpreter it was a mistake The king wanted children. Now most secular historians place Daniel's age around 17 years old. At the time that he was taken captive. That makes this stand even more astounding. That a 17 year old young man would be able to stand up with the presence and the respect to say please don't make me do this. Let me prove myself this way. That this young man can make these great changes in the nation, in the kingdom. Righteousness has no age restriction. April seventh, we're we're gonna have the young men. Home and preach on Sunday night we're going to have uh, the teenagers do the service not because I think it's going to be hilarious not because I needed a good laugh and not because I want to pick on them but because they need to learn how to stand They need to learn the ways of God so that when they're my age, they don't have to try and find it. As we go through the book of Daniel in the next couple months, we need to understand that there is no place in the book of Daniel where Daniel disobeyed God. Not one. There are a few places where he disobeyed the king. But in every place. His obedience to God. And his obedience to the kingdom. Not only. Proved. Daniel's loyalty. But proved the king's wrong. Just as a. A look ahead Daniel when he's thrown into the lion's den as the, the, the princes and the governors that are under Daniel go to the king and tell them what Daniel had done that he had when the writing was made that Daniel had gone and prayed to his own God it says that the king got angry but it doesn't say he got angry with Daniel it says he got angry with himself because he already knew who Daniel was He already knew who Daniel served first and foremost. And he saw his mistake in trying to make this law that Daniel couldn't do what he had already been doing for so many years. Those are the kind of men and ladies that we need right here. Men and women that the world sees serve God. And even when we disagree, we have the respect of others. We have respect for them and they have the respect for us so that they can see where they're wrong. Just a brief look at the book of Daniel this morning, but I pray But in just these first few thoughts on Daniel's life, we can see in our own where we are and where we should be.